Everybody now in Cowboy Country wants to see more of Leon Johnson because he was able to burst on not only the Big 12 scene, but the national scene last week against Cincinnati. For those of you who were late to jump on the Leon Johnson train, there's still room aboard as we look for this massive Bedlam game. Should Leon Johnson have another big one? Probably, maybe because of how he showed up to Stillwater, Oklahoma, rarely already prepared. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You know you can find us on every single podcasting platform visually as well on YouTube. Find me on Twitter at Aldeo State. Today, we're partially brought to you by FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook betting partner. So make sure you go get on the action now. Right now, we're giving $150 back off of a $5 bet in bonus bets. Go there now today. Use promo code Locked On College. Whenever we looked at George Fox University, right, a lot of people didn't really understand what that meant for Leon Johnson because a perfect example would be Tay Martin. Tay Martin came from Washington State to Oklahoma State a couple years back. And when he got here, we realized he was about a year and a half away from being able to legitimately play at the, at the not the Division I level, but the Big 12 level, because there was a differentiation between Washington State and Oklahoma State. Once Tay Martin got everything figured out, well, he ended up going to the NFL, and he's still with the San Francisco 49ers. So we saw how that went. But it's very rare that a player shows up to Oklahoma State virtually ready to go. And when you watch Leon Johnson in the spring, in the fall, in the summer, I noticed some things that were already different. Not the physiological side of things, but the understanding of the route concepts and the route trees and option routes and how to push the defensive back's hips and hands to get out of a line with their eyes and how to use his hips to manipulate the free safety to keep him to one side of the field before he broke on his route. The little technical side of the game, Leon Johnson already had it. He already had all of it before he got here. And that is, in large part, thanks to his coaches, one of which we're about to bring on the show, Austin Shadbolt, wide receiver coach and the trip recruiting coordinator for George Fox University. Thanks for coming on the show today, brother. How you feeling? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, yes, as I just kind of referenced, Oklahoma State fans have seen some transfer wide receivers come in. And, and make their, their transition from Oklahoma State to the NFL fairly seamlessly. If you look at NFL rosters right now, it's loaded with Oklahoma State wide receivers. But it's very rare that somebody comes in this, ready to go. Sure, Rob Glass has helped him get to where he's squatting over 500 and benching over 365, and he now has a 12-1 broad jump. But again, the technical side of wide receiver, he already had it down. So if you could please... Tell the world a little bit about George Fox and kind of how they got established and how you guys got Leon. And when you saw fairly early on, I'm assuming that he was a little bit of a different animal. Yeah, well, so my my experience being on the staff is a little more unique with Leon because he I'm a I'm a younger coach and I was a senior when he 
was a freshman here in 2019. So uh, I played linebacker here. And uh, so I got to see him from a player aspect, a teammate to coaching him on the field and, uh, you know, playing a completely different position. That was something that was pretty unique for me. So, uh, you know, having a guy like Leon at that position who from freshman year making an impact, you knew he was going to be special. And at this level with his size and speed and uh, he, he just had all the intangibles of making an impact right away. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool because, you know, a guy like me playing linebacker uh, and taking on the receiver's position, it's complete, two completely different positions. But uh, my aspect that I brought to the position was like, I know what the defense is doing. I understand what bridge right. is trying to accomplish. And, uh, you know, when they do two sided things, where are the weaknesses there? Because, uh, you know, just straight cover three, you know, you can say, hey, there's a hole there, hole there. But now they're doing coverage on the right, coverage on the left. So how do we attack that? And I think that's the aspect I was able to bring to Leon's game. And, you know, I don't know how much I taught him technically, but, uh, you know, he's just and he, his attitude just every single day and him putting his trust in me. I, I mean, it just shows what kind of character he has. And if you if you have the height, the speed, all those things. Uh, along with that mental side and trust, uh, it's huge. Absolutely. And and so realistically speaking, right, exactly. Him understanding of when to settle down in the zone on the option routes and, and when to kind of break his route. Because sometimes as a wide receiver, you're, you're afforded very little times where you can manipulate the route, right? Because most of the routes are predicated upon uh, spacing. So if you don't run the right route at the right cut and push the defense back to a certain level, you mess up some of the, the spacing for the other wide receivers. But his understanding from a defensive perspective, right? He knows what to look for. He knows who to key off of. Much like a quarterback is going to view a defensive end or an outside linebacker in the RPO, Leon views the game the same way. So, yes, thank you very much for bridging that gap and making it make a little bit more sense because, again, his understanding of his role and responsibility in conjunction with all of the other route concepts coming in around him, it's literally next level, which is why when he was asked to stand and deliver against Cincinnati, not only did he do that, mm -hmm. but, dude, he goes off for six receptions and a buck 50? Mm -hmm. Like – it just oh man it, it, it's it's almost frustrating that we weren't using him earlier but we could get off in a long diatribe uh, about that what matters is is the here and the now what is something other than the football side of things from leon uh that that allows him to excel especially in the role that he's being asked to play now and still are yeah well uh the academic side of things is huge and uh being at a university like george fox where it's high academic being in tougher majors can make it difficult to balance the life of football and uh, I mean, school and just social life in general. And uh, but him, he was a high GPA kid here and uh, he was a math major and uh, yep. he wants to teach math someday. But, uh, yep. you know, to be able to do that at a high level, play football at a high level. And he was also playing baseball while he was here. I mean, that's yep. that's something that very, very little uh, percent of people can able to be able to do that. And uh, that's, that's what I really respect about him is just not to be high level at just one thing. He's high level at a lot of different things. Well, and I know, you know, uh, his dad, his dad's got some basketball acumen in him and he's definitely got the, the size and the height. Right. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Because uh, him wanting to be a math teacher, 
realistically speaking, you know, from what I've gathered, before he got to Oklahoma State, he was very, very, very excited to graduate. He got his degree from George Fox, and, you know, he was ready to roll into being a math teacher immediately. Oklahoma State was like an extra stop along the way to kind of help him. But it is amazing that you brought up the academic side because that's been his focus, right? His focus has never necessarily been, I want to get to the NFL. Obviously, every football player in the world has that dream and that aspiration. But it is amazing that Leon's perspective is, first and foremost, academic, right? And uh, so, yeah, I do think that that's also what's potentially helping him guide his decision-making through this redshirt process. You know, the concept of asking a dude, do you want to play? To me, it's just kind of preposterous because when you have somebody as skilled and talented and understanding uh, of the game of Leon Johnson, not only is he going to play, but again, as we just saw, if you give the dude the ball, he's going to make some magic happen. Um, before we go to a commercial and move to the next segment, real quick, so shed me a little light on Leon was able to set quite a few records at George Fox, yeah? And then he was this close to setting the overall receiving yards of all time at George Fox in the last game of the season. The defense put a triple bracket coverage on him the entire game. Is that accurate? Yeah, it was oh, the, really the first time we we saw all year. We were shifting him around a lot to try to mix up where he was going to be. And uh, yeah. it was the first time we could tell specifically with coverage that they were, uh, I mean, they're getting linebackers involved underneath. And uh, obviously they're going to have a safety over the top. But, um, you know, and that he he had one drop uh, late later in the game where he had three guys around him where he had to go up and, he catches that one. He's his stats are a lot better. We threw two gotcha. screen passes where the the pass was off, and uh, he catches those. There were some alleys there, and uh, so that game actually could have been a lot better, uh, okay. even with what happened. But hey, man, that's that's typically how you know at any level the mark of a of a star. If a defense has to do everything in their power to take away one guy, that means. They're going to allow some of the other receivers and allow the quarterback and the running back to have a big day as long as this guy doesn't. Mm -hmm. Bro, I mean, from a wide receiver coach perspective, that had to be pretty daggone cool to be like, all right, all right, this is this is not only the dude, but if defenses are doing everything predicated upon him, that means that we're doing something right here, as is he. Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. And I'm just more surprised that it took to the last game of the year for a team to do that, so... Hey, man, sometimes people have to learn the hard way. Speaking of learning the hard way, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to learn the hard way. You're trying to get your money right this season, whether it be college. Yes, we're still going to hit the over. We may not hammer it, but we're going to creep over it for darn sure, partially because of guys like Leon Johnson. Make sure that you go get your FanDuel account scored away. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's literally not a better time to do so because, again, right now, our new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning off of a $5 money line bet. Again, that's $150, the same that Leon Johnson was able to put up on the field that you get back if your team wins in bonus bets. So if you want to join FanDuel, you got to do it now. Get in on the action. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including player props, money lines, spreads, over, under, Heisman, conference title, who's going to win the Super Bowl, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off your NFL money-making season. 
Join FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. That's a decent segue since we're talking about NFL and we're talking about development and things of that nature. So uh, the reason I wanted to roll this one in, so there's a lot of similarities where, where I went at Friends University and George Fox. Both were founded by the Quakers. I think you guys were founded in 1891. We were founded in 1898. And you, when you hear comments sometimes, like, uh, for instance, when I heard that, you know, that George Fox, the scholarships are kind of weird and the NIL is kind of weird and they're probably eating a lot of ramen, that, that comment honestly caught me off guard because I was like, well, I played at a school smaller than Friends. And the only time I jumped on the ramen train was during holiday breaks, right? If you didn't go home for holiday breaks, um, yes, you were on the Totino's Pizza and Ramen Road. But anytime other than that, we had basically 24-7 access to the, the facilities and the training room. And unless you were on a specific dietary weight plan, being a wide receiver, my job was to just keep eating more and gaining weight. So it was a lot of fun. But yeah, man. Um, if, if you could kind of talk about one of the things that I found intriguing when I first went to Friends University is like, all right, well, this is going to be my career, small school, going to have some fun, no big deal. Dude, we had a few players that ended up getting NFL opportunities, uh, even a few that ended up on practice squads, like uh, Garrett Labus was a tight end at Friends that, that got some NFL opportunities. Isaiah Pearson was an All-American defensive end. Noah Morford was the linebacker that transferred from Kansas State to Friends. Those are guys that all got NFL opportunities. So very early on, to my college career, I realized it's not about the size of the school, right? The size, the size of the school does help, right, with exposure and all that fun jazz. But it's about development, right? Yeah. If you can develop guys, and I think Oklahoma State has a perfect test of that, we stole Brian Nardo from Division Three, right? And our defensive coordinator that came from D3 and also Emporia State is hit the ground running in a massive way. So he's a good test that, there's phenomenal coaching at every single level. So if you could please hit us a home run on why, why the differentiation between the levels is becoming less and less, less significant because of the development. Well, I mean, you kind of, you nailed it. I mean, really at the division three level, more specifically with my experience being a player here and now being a coach here is uh, you're getting, you're getting a lot of guys where, uh, they weren't given that opportunity to get a scholarship somewhere else. And some of them did, and some of them just chose to go here just because of the kind of school that we are. But right. um, really you're getting, you're getting a big group of guys who really care about the game of football. And uh, if you get a strong group like that, where they're willing to put in the work that any division one, division two uh, NAIA athlete uh, is doing, but they're getting paid uh, I mean, it, it's it's a cool thing. You just got a lot of guys that love the game of football and uh, the coaches here. I mean, you're you're getting a bunch of guys where I mean, a lot of them, their paychecks aren't really paying all the bills. I mean, they're here because they love football and they love being a part of the university that they're at. And that's our staff right there. I mean, we just have a bunch of guys that get along really well. We've all played with Coach Casey or played for Coach Casey or coach with Coach Casey sometime in our right. career. Uh, and Neil Lomax, our quarterback's coach, you know, he, he's known Coach Casey for a long time. So uh, really, it's it's about the, the people that you're surrounding yourself with. And when you have a staff where they're that close connected to the head coach, uh, they're not all from a bunch of different places. Uh, sustainability with the staff is huge, too. Both of our coordinators have been here since the start with Coach Casey since 2014. 
uh, that's important. And so you talk about players development, it's just the consistency from season to season. Now, if you could uh, kind of jump in a little bit more when, when it comes to the development side of the game, what is something that some of the smaller schools you think need to kind of harness or, or harness or hone in on uh, that is maybe a little bit different than, than a bigger school? Is there something maybe biometrics or is it more technique? Is it more in the weight room? What do you think the distinction between big time football and, and small football really allows places like yourself to be a successful, right? Because you, you just mentioned Coach Casey's been there for quite some time. He has a lot of respect, love, and admiration. I know he's turned down other opportunities because of, you know, the, his cemented legacy that he's trying to continue to build at George Fox. But w- what are some of the smaller nuances that you feel like small schools have to do more than big schools? Well, I think the, the challenge with smaller schools is you you have staffs with a lot of high school experience. And uh, and that's really good, but you get a lot of people where the game is maybe a little more complex uh, for some coaches and they, they want to get away with, uh, you know, not having so many options in one play. And they wow. say, hey, inside zone, and we're going to run off on the outside. Well, in our offense, we're going to give an option to the right option to the left with the inside zone. So um, making making there be more variety in your offense and having the abilities like, well, we can only run so many plays in a week. You can only rep so many plays in a practice. Uh, so how can we combine concepts into one play? Uh, I think is huge. And we, we did a lot of that when I, when I joined the staff as the receivers coach, uh, we changed a lot of things where we said, Hey, why are we running that route against that coverage when we could simply just run a dig or run a, a comeback or something like that? Yeah. So, uh, really developing, you know, offense to, uh, just adapt to whatever coverage we're getting, uh, adapt to whatever front we're getting. And, uh, I think that's something where, uh, once you understand that your offense becomes a lot more, uh, developed and, uh, you know, we're not concerned about what are they going to run? We're concerned about just making the right read. Very fair. Simplicity oftentimes uh, yeah, can can definitely help. And and I think you definitely nailed it on the head when you play at smaller schools. Everything about football is about numerical advantages, right? You want to you get your numerical advantage to set up one-on-one opportunities. And I will say, when you watch some of the, like the Division II, Division Three national titles, like uh, I remember growing up watching Union Whitewater, and, and, and their offensive schemes were entirely different than most of what you saw in college. He was doing some Hal Mummy stuff before Mike Leach kind of brought it into fruition. So, yeah, I think you're 100% right. A lot of your small schools, you have to find more unique ways to get those numerical advantages. And then I think the other thing that that you already hit on that don't really get talked about enough is the love for the game. When you do play at that level of school, yeah, maybe you're not going to get all of the, the, the fancy stuff, right? Maybe you're not going to stay at the Ritz-Carlton whenever you travel on the road. But it means something, right? It means something because – a lot of us weren't didn't have a lot of aspirations to be in the NFL. We knew that this was kind of our, our ticket. And so we were going to enjoy every single solitary minute of it. I'll tell you another thing that I loved and I'm so proud that I got to be a part of. One of the last um, ages where we got to do legit full-on two-a-days. Dude, I loved it. I love that stuff. 
I got that my freshman year. Oh, dude. Um, I, and I honestly, I know, you know, we're looking at some of the biometrics and physiology of, of people's nowadays and CTE. So I know it's, it's more catered toward prevention of injury for longevity of career. Like I 100% get that. But there is something to be said about those smaller schools and the amount of work that they have to put in to make sure that they're constantly being competitive because it's not about film. It's not about the next level. It's about your dudes and it's about perfecting perfection of a craft. Right. And so I, I do think that that's uh, another one of the distinctions. Whenever you're a big-time football, you feel like you already have a little bit of an inroad to get to the next level. When you're playing smaller school ball, that's not exactly the objective. The objective is just to dominate your area of operation and then help your university. Yeah, so, no, it's it's great that um, I, I, I got to be a part of it as a player and now a coach, and uh, I had the opportunity to play with my brother here and he was a big part in my decision oh, wow. to become a part of this. And uh, cool. I had a young brother go here too. He didn't play football, but That's cool. uh, it's close to home. We're from this area. And, you know, uh, my dad played uh, college football for my, for coach Casey. So oh, nice. that, that connection there too. Um, coach Casey just for coaching so long and coaching so many players, dads, and now their sons is uh, something that he can say he, he was a part of that. Not very many people can say they did. So uh, that's the inspiration. And that's the, um, I mean, you talked about the, like perfecting something where we're, we're reaching excellence in everything that we do, both in football, but more importantly yeah. in life. Dude, you, 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 you hit the nail on the head with that one. All right. So then we're going to shift gears here in a minute. Right. And we're going to talk a little bit about the, the recruiting NIL type of aspects and some of the things that may be misconceptions in regards to some smaller schools, uh, but real quick before we do, y'all, I do have to jump here, jump in here real quick and remind you that uh, you really can't be the MVP of anything if your vehicle doesn't get you there. So go to ebaymotors.com and make sure that you've got everything you need to keep your ride or die alive with over 122 million parts fit for your needs. You're going to find what you need, when you need, how you need it from superchargers to raft, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, whatever you need. If you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. Make sure that you go there now with the eBay Guaranteed Fit. Your part is guaranteed to fit your rig every time or your money back. With eBay Motors, we want you to be burning rubber and not cash. With all the prices you want, all the parts you need, you can turn your ride or die rig into the MVP that you need to bring home the win. So make sure that you go to ebaymotors.com today to get your ride or die to the next level of MVP stardom, eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guarantee fit only for U.S. customers. Go to ebay.com to get yourself squared away today. All right, buddy. So now we get to, to, to shift gears and bring this thing on home. What do you think is probably the biggest misconception when it comes to small school recruiting, and especially now how the NIL and everything has kind of reared its ugly head into college football. What, what do you think is some of the benefits to being in a smaller school? And what is one of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to recruiting to a smaller school? Well, I think one of the, the obvious benefits to a smaller school is the academic side and the how important it is to get a job once you're done with college. And so uh, where you're, you're really looking at a lot more options with the, the D3s and uh, NEIA schools and 
having that be your main focus point is good to get guys here because that's that's important to them. They're they're looking at the next 40 years of their life, not not just the next four. So, yeah, uh, pushing that as as the main thing is is fantastic. Uh, We really care about that. But then at George Fox, it's the we're developing championship uh, people as well as championship players. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of our main thing here. That's a part of our culture. Uh, We actually call it identity. Uh, so we focus mostly on those things and those are the benefits right there, you know, and the hard parts are is financials as everyone knows it. And, uh, the, the unfortunate side of things is a lot of people look at the tuition and go, uh, yeah, no, I'm not even going to consider that. Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of avenues that can help you, uh, get started at a place like George Fox. And, uh, so obviously those are the things that we have to work through. Uh, and really we just, we talk about all the benefits you get from, from playing here, uh, both just athletically and, uh, what you're going to get in the classroom, the connections you're going to make with the smaller school aspect. Um, those are the things we really have to push, um, more so than, you know, the financials. Got you. I mean, that makes perfect sense. All right. In closing. Tell us a little bit about how George Fox prognosis on the season and, and the future and recruiting and everything's looking right now. Do we have another George Fox that we can come scoop up or another Leon Johnson? All right. Yeah. Holler at me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's all, there's always going to be that, that one guy from each class that really stands out. And uh, you know, I don't think there's ever going to be another Leon Johnson I, in, in terms of, just right. the right place, right time. Uh, just, I mean, fantastic representation of what we're about in this program. So to say that there's going to be another Leon Johnson, uh, I, I have a hard time believing that. But, um, you know, we, we we got a lot of great guys here. We're going to buy into every single guy that decides to be a part of our program. And we're going to develop them into being great people, great athletes. We're going to have a lot of fun. And, you know, we're going to make some memories. And that's what that's what we're all about. Have you had the chance to meet Leon's six foot four, two hundred and forty-five pound defensive end brother? Uh, not yet, no. But I, okay. I've had conversations with Leon about him. Yeah, well, uh, according to some people, uh, big defensive end brother can catch Leon in a hundred yard dash. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I have a hard time believing he can, but you never know. Yeah. I, I like seeing Leon's uh, competitive side. So, Absolutely. All right, brother, man. Well, hey, in, in a parting shot, what do you think, other than the development, what do you think about just the, the idea nowadays that the transfer market allows people to kind of, you know, come into a situation and then, and then get out of it uh, immediately is the transfer market a little bit different for the division three level or is it pretty much the same? Um, you know, I think it's less common to see um, a large group of numbers. Not that the, a lot of schools deal with that problem, but uh, you know, really the small school aspect is a lot of guys decide on George Fox. And if, if um, the plans change, plans change usually mm-hmm. academically more so than athletically. So we're not seeing a whole lot of players that want to leave and play for other programs uh, or the other way around where, I mean, uh, usually if someone's looking to transfer here, we, we like to have a personal connection there. 
uh, either through we recruited them in high school or uh, they know one of the coaches, something like that. But, um, you know, I have seen it recently uh, at this level where more and more people are giving that that portal a chance and just seeing what options come up, which is kind of what Leon was doing. It was more NFL or just let me see what my options are. And that's where Oklahoma State came in. Well, like I said, man, uh, we have a long history putting a lot of wide receivers in the NFL, but thank you for giving us somebody that actually showed up ready to go because we get a lot of Division One Power 5 transfers that need a year and a half before they're actually ready, right? People want to throw a lot of shade at the Big 12, but a lot of these guys we get that transfer in from the Pac-12 or the ACC, they're just not ready. So any player or wide receiver out there, if you're looking for development, just pay more attention about the staff and pay more attention about the consistency and continuity and the love for the game because you can get development at George Fox University. So if you want to go be a Bruin and you want to get the development that Leon Johnson was able to get that will help you get to the next level, make sure you holler at our guy, Coach Casey, of course, and Coach Shadbolt, y'all. Here's um, here's how you're going to find out how you can get a hold of Coach Shadbolt and catch George Fox in action. Fire away, buddy. Yeah, no, you can just follow me on X and uh, at Austin Shadbolt, nice and easy. But uh, feel free just to reach out and say who you are and happy to talk. And whether it's about football, about life, whatever it is, just appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Well, thank you very, very much for your time, brother. It's amazing to kind of get a peek behind the window. Again, I've been very impressed with Leon from the very beginning, which is why I was like, well, where did he learn all this stuff at? Because some of this understanding of what he needs to do to contort his body and, and, and mis, mislead the defensive backs is pretty advanced. So thank you. Thank you, Coach Casey. Thank you, George Fox University. Hopefully you guys continue to represent the, the Bruins into more titles, more places, and keep producing to the level that you already have been. Thank you very much for your time, brother. I'm greatly appreciative. Yeah, thank you, Cody. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All righty, y'all. Well, as we continue with this Legends at Bedlam, we've got a lot more coming down the pipeline this week. Make sure that you stay tuned, whether it be Bobby Reed or Tony Lindsay or Tatum Bell or Terry Miller. We've got a lot coming down the pipeline. And now you know a little bit more about the main man rocking number 17 in Stillwater now. If we win Bedlam, if we go play for a Big 12 title, Leon Johnson's road to the NFL gets a lot bigger, brighter, and better. All right, y'all. That's all we're going to have for this one right here. As always, you know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. And most importantly, thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen here on Lockdown Oklahoma State. You could be anywhere. So happy you choose to be here. All righty, y'all. I'll see you tonight at Galgaraba. Later, taters.